Want to create a website in just an hour or less? How about a fully responsive and designed website for you in just about five minutes? Well, I'm here to tell you that that's not impossible, but it's totally possible with the team over at Gambix. Gambix uses state-of-the-art artificial intelligence and machine learning to build websites in just minutes. Yes, just minutes. And that's not all. They can also help you outrank your foes and, of course, obliterate the competition through their advanced SEO and e-commerce platform. Make sure to take advantage of that because they not only have advanced analytics that's going to help you see where you need to improve and also see what your competitors are doing, but it also helps that their prices are very, very good as well. So check out Gambix at gambixit.com. And if you need a website, an app, digital marketing, or even business consulting, they're there for you. Nation, we are back on another exciting episode of the Power Report. It's the Panther Guru. It's Carolina Days. Let's go. Yes, sir. Good to be back. Good to be back. Hope everybody's doing well. A uh, couple things before we get into it. Some recent happenings. Uh, the Panthers have announced their training camp dates along with joint practices with the Colts and the Ravens. And then something that we got to dive into in depth, Mr. Guru, right off the bat, is the Taylor Moten saga. It's been reported today that the Panthers are trying to get an extension done before they have to start the uh, franchise tag payment. They're trying to reach a long-term deal with Mr. Moten, something that we, along with the fan base, was hoping would be done as of last year. No, totally. And um, it's definitely something I could see why the Panthers want to hurry up and get that done. I mean, they could save some money in cap room by immediately locking them up for the long term and not having to pay that big one-year um, balloon amount. And then also getting the deal done now um, precludes any type of extra money that could come out for him playing in season and having a, uh, a fiery start to the season. So you might want to get him under contract now to get that figure locked in. Unfortunately, it's going to be a big amount. Uh, everybody knows about uh, Ramchek, the uh, right tackle from the Saints, yesterday resetting the right tackle market. Um, and I would think that Taylor Moten is going to be wanting at least similar comp- compensation, if not more. Yeah, I could totally definitely um, see that because um... – to a lot of people, and according to the people of Pro Football Focus, he's actually um, top five at his position. So I can expect him to com- uh, command top five type of money. Yes. Just for uh, some perspective, the Saints on Wednesday signed a five-year extension with uh, right tackle Ramchek for five years, $96 million, $60 million guaranteed. That boils down to a 19.2 million average per per season. That's that's a heck of a lot. I'm not going to lie. That's a whole lot. Yeah, and uh we'll we'll definitely touch on um this later in the podcast there's some topics that kind of uh you know go with this, but also there's uh that's not the only news the Panthers are involved in on the national media. 
the defense has been getting a lot of hype from NFL Network, ESPN, different personalities. Uh, what do you what do you kind of expect from the defense, and uh, do you think they'll live up to this hype? Well, even I, I'd say even Phil Snow has been saying that uh, in his first season with the Panthers, you know, he was giving uh, the Panthers defense a lot of new tools to work with, a lot of new play uh, calls, and a lot of new looks um, for them to go ahead and utilize. But he was saying that this year he's got even more versatility with guys like Hassan Reddick, uh, Daquan Jones, and and of course you know the the element of the new draft pick such as J.C. Horn. He's saying that now the defense has even more flexibility and he can truly unleash the defense like how he really had wanted to in the previous. Um, you've heard guys like Brian Burns come out and say that you know he expects to get even more sacks this year. Analysts have been talking about how much easier Derek Brown's supposed uh, job's supposed to be and how he's going to take a big leap forward in year two. Everybody's excited, as always, of course, to see Jeremy Chin. So I think, honestly, on paper, this Panthers defense looks much improved. They look like they should be a force. you got a hybrid rotation of both Hassan Reddick um, and um, Yitor Gross-Matos. And then, of course, you got a serviceable really, truly serviceable middle linebacker in Denzel Perryman. Of course, he's nowhere near, anywhere near Luke Keekley, but he is a massive upgrade over Tahir Whitehead. So I think the defense is going to do excellent this year, and they're going to be a force. I think they'll end up at least top 10. Wow. That's pretty bold, I would say. Pretty bold. I would, I would feel comfortable saying they'll be top top half of the league, top 15, but uh, top 10, that's a big, that's a big jump. Um, we did see you know them them trying to basically uh, put together their their work that they had been putting in with the with the funky off season. Their, the defense did improve over the course of the season, and uh, at least on paper they've got better better players at positions. And then you mentioned you mentioned Perriman, uh, Reddick, uh, those guys. Uh, I would say even going further down the depth chart, guys like. Marquise Haynes and Jermaine Carter Jr. are going to be key guys that can come in. You know, injuries are going to occur. And just the depth that the Panthers have added and, you know, retained over these, over the, from last season, you know, Mar- Marquise Haynes and Jermaine Carter Jr. are guys that are young, but guys that we can build on and be positional, rotational guys to, for their career at, at minimum for the Carolina Panthers, maybe even blossom into starters. Time will tell, but I'm excited for those guys as well. No, definitely. It's definitely going to be interesting to see the ceiling for a lot of those guys. And we know for a fact that some of them will be starting right off the bat, like J.C. Horn. Um, And I think hopefully the Panthers will take your suggestion that you've been long saying on the show and move Dante Jackson into the slot Um, with his quickness and his ability. I think he might actually be able to get some more interceptions um, in the slot position. I've tried it out on Madden. It's been pretty successful. Call call him up and be like, hey, it works on Madden. It's got to work in the in, in the league for sure. But I I, I think that's what, obviously his body type is built for that, and I think that will help him stay healthy. Uh, Dante Jackson has been fighting some injuries throughout his whole short-term career, um, and I think just his speed, I think he relies on it a lot. And obviously, in the slot, you have to rely on it because that's where your your fastest receivers are usually at. That that'll 
definitely help him, and he doesn't have to be on the, the field as much. Um, we'll see. Obviously, he'll be starting outside, I would say, because A.J. Boulier has, does have the the, um, the suspension to serve. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if A.J. Boulier can beat out Dante Jackson as that number two guy, and Dante Jackson can kick in inside. Because, you, I mean, in the NFL now, you got to have a slot uh, slot corner no matter what. You, it's not. It's not just you know your two outside corners are the guys that you rely on. You got to have somebody that can cover the slot. And really, the Panthers haven't had that in a long time. No, absolutely. It's definitely been a long while. And even when we talk about players um, across the board on this Panthers roster as it's been shaping up, um, we definitely will be making a trip down to training camp. And um, Carolina Davis put it to me that we need to go ahead and also set up a fan game for all the Prowl Report fans so we can all go down there tailgate and do a whole bunch of cool stuff. Um, and those announcements will be made um, in the coming weeks. But as we look at this roster and how it's shaping up, we can't forget that some interesting practice players like HaHa Clinton Dix were brought in uh, to try out at that safety position. But who are three Panthers that you believe across this roster that have something to prove? Side note, HaHa Clinton Dix – the best name in NFL history. I mean, that's just a stud, a stud of a name. Uh, I would, Proud Report fans, send in your favorite NFL name of all time. We'll maybe do a list, but I think Ha oh, Clinton Dix. You definitely can't forget that guy's name for sure every time you see him. You knew he played for Green Bay for a long time. You knew uh, that he wore 21. A lot of guys you don't remember their, la- uh, their first name because obviously the – the uh, first name's not on the jersey, but Ha Ha Clinton Dix. Once you hear it one time, you cannot forget that name. But anyways, I want to uh, start off my list with uh, and rank them from one to three. Obviously, uh, number one is a no-brainer, Sam Darnold. Uh, he's a guy that obviously we took a took a risk on, and no matter how great the defense is, if the quarterback play is not up to par, it's going to be a long season for the Carolina Panthers. A lot of hype. Uh, a lot of motivation, a lot of hope for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, but this could go tragically wrong if they're wrong on Sam Darnold. I understand taking the risk, and really it is a risk. It's not a no-brainer that you're you know, going after an Aaron Rodgers type. You're going after a guy that um, there's, there's some meat left on the bone a lot if you can tap into that. But it could go obviously disastrous for the Carolina Panthers. Um, Almost as almost as bad as me trying to say that. But I think that the Panthers need to at least see some promise out of Sam Darnold. They they picked up the extension on his rookie deal, which is a no brainer, but he has to show some ability to command the pocket, command the team, uh produce some numbers. He doesn't have to be a pro bowler, but he has to show potential. And some convincing potential. It can't just be flashes. Like he's got to play good this year. There's no doubt about it. So he's got a lot to prove. Number two, for me, is Shaq Thompson. Uh, second year of Luke Keekley being gone. Uh, he he had some flashes. Did Shaq Thompson, especially when, um, you know, Jermaine Carter Jr. was by his side. He's got another. He's got a guy that, in Perriman in Reddick the linebacker core looked a lot better than it did last year. Um, obviously, we've been on record talking about Tahir Whitehead. Uh, we'll see 
what Shaq Thompson can do. This is his this is his defense. I would say he's the number one defensive captain on this team, the biggest personality on this team. Maybe we'll see if Brian Burns can take that role as the number one personality based on how he produces. But just ten year uh longest longest reigning Panther on the defensive side of the ball, he's he's gonna be looked at to lead. Can he lead off the field and through his actions on the field. He's got a lot to prove, especially with that big contract that the Panthers are paying him. And then number three for me, another guy that um, that we've already mentioned is Dante Jackson. If he is the number two corner on this team, can he prove that? Can he continue to uh, improve? He's, I believe he's coming up on his rookie deal being close to an end, so they're going to have to determine if they're going to re-sign him or not. Uh, if he plays to, if he gets the opportunity to play the slot, can he maximize it and prove that hey, I can play both? So you guys need to resign me. I'm going to be a staple for this defense for years to come. No, absolutely. Um, I I do like those picks, but mine are going to be slightly different. Um, definitely, I would say Ian Thomas is my first one. Wow. I mean, Ian Thomas might as well be shown the door if he can't step up because. Uh, Matt Rule was raving about how much of a excellent offseason that he was already having and how he came into camp with a whole new mindset and, of course, physical structure. He was supposed to be bigger, faster, stronger. And if that's the case, then we should expect him to at least blossom into that successor that we were hoping would be the heir to the Greg Olson throne. But also, Ian Thomas really has a lot of pressure put on him because he has listed in front of him as a starter. So he has to win the starting position at training camp and then go be a serviceable tight end if he even has plans on being in Carolina next year. So that's a big one. Um, Another person I feel like has a lot to prove is Greg Little. I mean, you were number two. You were touted as uh, a top tackle because you were playing in the SEC. And this is where we're seeing that, you know, these big conference names don't really mean much because you got a guy in Jeremy Chen who came out of uh, Illinois and was a way better player and lived up to way beyond his means than even Greg Little could even dream about. So here we are again with the whole thing about schools and where you went to school. You got a guy that went to Ole Miss and Greg Little that should be way better than he is. Um, he has the most to prove, in my opinion. And, I mean, they're going to give him a shot at the left tackle position, so we have to see what he's going to be able to do. And then the last guy on my list, I would say, would be Hassan Reddick, um, simply because you're put it, you brought brought into the system with a lot of hype by expecting you to be able to produce and perform right off the bat. You had a good year the pr- the prior year, and everybody was saying that, you know, he's ready to, to boom. But if he has a down year, he's going to look like more of a bust. And the market that is going to be there for him in free agency next year probably will be non-existent. So those are my three players with the most approved. That was definitely a deep dive into the depth chart by the guru right there. Uh, Ian Thomas, I think he's already squandered his opportunity. I mean, not many times in the NFL do you have a perfect situation you know, pretty much handed to you. 
Greg Olson's gone. They did nothing to improve the tight end room. They basically handed it to you, and you produced nothing. Teddy Bridgewater loved throwing short passes last year. That's what he did. And Ian Thomas just couldn't couldn't produce. I mean, it was just sad. Uh, and somebody that we haven't really mentioned much of on this podcast is Dan Arnold. And he's getting some rave reviews from Christian McCaffrey, from Sam Darnold. Obviously, your quarterback, he's, he's going to do the right thing and say nothing but great things. But the man is uh, – Dan Arnold is definitely – uh, making some noise for the Carolina Panthers. I like the idea that you touched on the left tackle. It's a never-ending saga for the Carolina Panthers. doesn't matter what re- regime. Uh, it's like we have a curse at left tackle. We'll, we'll definitely get into that in a little bit. And then Hassan Reddick, you're right. Can he be a guy that the Panthers want to keep around? Uh, if not, is he going to play good enough to get a multi-year extension somewhere else? Uh, I think that was a great signing by the Carolina Panthers. They've done a, a lot of great signings, but how much how much turnover are they going to have? That's the scary part. They did they inked a lot of one-year, two-year deals this this past season, which which is understandable given the salary cap uh, restrictions that they had, and uh, frankly, all around the league. And from the players' side, you know, they didn't want to um, really ink a long-term deal given the salary cap restrictions. They wanted to do a one-year prove-it deal and try to, you know, prove their brand and prove that they deserve more money. But, yes, all these guys very much so. And a deep a deep look at, um, at these guys. Really, you could say that Ian Thomas and Greg Little are in the same boat. If they if they don't produce this year, I mean, you could seriously look at them. Their NFL careers coming to an end. And uh, obviously, we don't hope that at the Prowl Report. We'd love for them to end up being started for the Carolina Panthers, but uh, the it does. I don't have too much hope for them guys being able to produce. Um, unfortunately, the answers at least for those two positions, aren't on the roster with them two specifically. So with that being said, we're going to move on to our next topic, which is, um, it kind of rolls right into it, Mr. Guru. What are the positional questions that you specifically have that need to be answered by the Carolina Panthers going into training camp? I think it's, um, of course, the easiest uh, route to take in this one will be the offensive line. I mean, but there really is so many questions. There's nobody that they can say for sure is going to start at left tackle, um, but it's already been reported that it's going to be Cameron Irving and Trent Scott primarily battling it out, which kind of always uh, leads me to believe that, you know, they're pretty much already counting Greg Little out. He might as well not even expect to um, really even get the opportunity to earn the position back. They're pretty much not even expecting him to be nothing but maybe a depth piece on the roster, or maybe they might even cut him at this point. Um, if we're looking at the guard position, I look for an interesting matchup between um, Dennis Daly and Brady Christensen because I know that they do want to kind of move Brady Christensen to that left guard position and maybe kick out Pat Fline to that right guard position um, with Johnny Miller. So it will be interesting to see who starts at the guard position because all four of those guys, Johnny Miller, Brady Christensen, um, Dennis Daly and uh, Pat Fline all have potential to 
be pretty decent options at those positions. Uh, the right tackle position is pretty much thrown up by Taylor Moten. I'm still cringing if uh, Taylor Moten gets a $19 million average salary. I'm not hating on the guy. I want him to get paid. He's been a top, top player at his position for a long time. Uh, if you can say that because the NFL uh, average career span is just not that long, and he's been relatively healthy, so I think that he definitely deserves his money. I want to see him at that $12, $13 million range. Definitely don't want to really see him above 15 um, In terms of our cap situation, him as a person, I would love for him to get that money. Uh, he deserves it. But that's where I'm looking at the center position. I mean, they're going to have to look have a strong look in the draft next year or free agency to try and replace Matt Paradis because I just don't think that he comes back at all. I think every other position, though, is pretty solid. The cornerback competition is going to be an interesting one. Um, but that's pretty much it. I think those positions specifically, the linebacking core is pretty much set. Defensive line, the rotation is going to be phenomenal, in my opinion. Um, cornerback and offensive line are where I'm looking. Definitely the offensive line. The uh, dark horse for the left tackle is Dennis Daly. Uh, he took some. He took a lot of reps at left tackle during uh, mini camp and OTAs. Uh, I look for then the guards. Obviously, you got to have a a strong guard, strong guard play, uh, you know, anywhere between Dennis Daly, Christensen, um, Johnny Miller, Pat Fline. you got Cam Irving. They, they've got a lot of bodies they can throw. Um, and then another question that a lot of fans are asking, if you're going to pay Taylor, uh, Taylor Moten, why not try him out at left tackle? I know that the Panthers have given him a few reps at left tackle, and this is where I learned about Dennis Dennis Daly at left tackle. He took more reps than anybody in OTAs and um, minicamp at left tackle. But it would make sense to at least explore the option of putting Taylor Moten at left tackle. Um. I would, I would, if he can play at left tackle as well as he does at the right tackle position, I think that the Panthers are in very good shape at that point. Um, and Dennis Daly's been a player that has shown that he's got a lot of versatility and tons of upside. So even if he can move to the right tackle position, Taylor Bone moves to the left tackle position, and they're able to play at a high level, I think the Panthers have really just solved a lot of their headaches. Yes, uh, obviously the biggest, uh, question about Dennis Daly is availability with his injuries and things of that nature, but that's just part of the game. Obviously you want somebody that can have a track record like a Taylor Moten, knock on wood, not trying to uh, put any kind of injuries on him, but he's, his availability has been outstanding. Um, Dennis Daly's has been subpar at best um, with his injury history. So that's kind of scary at left tackle, but, there's no, there's no question that uh, the offensive line is the biggest um, question mark at, for the Carolina Panthers, specifically left tackle. Uh, it's crazy when we first when we first uh, signed Matt Paradis, his first season was he didn't play well at all, and we thought that was one of the bigger uh, question marks. But now it seems like he's the only staple on the offensive line is the center. Um, Hopefully we can figure out left tackle. Uh, just just for the sake of the conversation, my um, my biggest question mark is going to be the safety position. 
we got we got what we presume to be a lockdown corner in J.C. Horn. Obviously, uh, only the game day tape will tell if he's a lockdown corner. We we feel pretty good about him as a fan base, as an organization. You feel good about J.C. Horn, but the question mark is going to be Justin Burris and how does Jeremy Chen um, play safety? Obviously, Jeremy Chen's been a stud. He played a lot of linebacker last year. He played some safety. But can those two guys get get on the same page? Uh, Justin Burris was hurt some. But I was really impressed with uh, Justin Burris' play last year and went healthy. Um, I thought he played exceptionally well. Uh, I hope that combination can be a, a staple, especially when you have a good cornerback that makes the safety jobs a lot easier. And I think – I think it'll be great, but I'm. That's my question. Can that can our secondary be improved? Because that was really, really, really what d- drug us down last year. Um, they just couldn't get off the field in thir- on third down. No, absolutely, and that was definitely a, a spot that they're going to look to improve on, and I think that they should be able to. Yeah, you would you would think so. Just adding adding uh, a lockdown corner, uh, adding some depth with and some experience with AJ Bouye and really when he when he was paired with uh with a lockdown corner he did very well uh, so maybe we'll uh, see some career uh numbers from AJ Bouye which would be obviously be welcomed in Charlotte i think that the secondary can improve drastically and that will definitely be the most improved area I think that we'll see right off the bat is if the Panthers can be a top 10 defense like the guru said earlier, it's going to come from the secondary. You The the defensive line, we got guys that can get after the quarterback, but if the ball gets out of their hands before, before um, they can get to the quarterback, it's going to be up to the corners and the um, safeties to make sure that any kind of damage is limited or if if they can just completely shut down the passing games at times. Absolutely. Um, And it'll be interesting to see the scheming of how the Panthers will be lining up in that hybrid 4-3, even with 3-4 looks as well. I think that might throw a lot of offenses off. Yes. uh, The the packages that the Panthers roll out, uh, obviously it fooled Aaron Rodgers a little bit. It took him a whole – that second half – they really, really puzzled him for a man that uh, is wanting to host Jeopardy. That was uh, that was crazy to hear him say, I've never seen anything like that. From Aaron Rodgers, one of the best to ever play the game. Phil Snow had some tricks up his sleeve. Uh, and at that time, there was plenty of film out for the Carolina Panthers from that season that Aaron Rodgers could have looked at, which I'm sure he did. I'm not saying that he doesn't study. I know he does, but seeing it on – seeing it on film and seeing it on the field it doesn't always transfer you can get a good idea but it doesn't always transfer so i i'm excited for the um for the defense i think that it'll be the most exciting unit for the carolina panthers this season only because uh the growth will definitely be able to see the growth more from the the defense than the offense this is kind of a new offense in the sense that we don't know what to expect from Sam Darnold. Um, we know that the defense should be a lot better than last year, 
So I think that'll be the most exciting thing just to see a defense that uh, is NFL ready. Absolutely. And I think that, uh, you know, they're going to take a huge step forward and if Sam Darnold can really play well, that this entire Panthers team can make a playoff push or there'll be a dark horse for the playoffs. My prediction early, way too early right now, but my prediction is that they sneak into that wild card position. It's definitely it's definitely doable. It's not a stretch. Um, we'll definitely do a uh, – once we get closer, you know, post-training camp, we'll do maybe a NFC South power ranking. Um, we'll, we'll definitely do that. We'll, we'll try to break down – we'll revisit the Carolina Panthers' season. Um, they definitely had to hit the ground running, as we, we've shared with you fans and – earlier in our podcast that front end that front end schedule is definitely winnable but the back end schedule uh is is a brutal if you had to make the playoff push you've hoped that you hope that the work was done on the front half of the the schedule because that last half is uh, especially that last quarter is really really hard playing the defending super bowl champions twice in a couple of weeks things of that nature but um the last thing that uh, i want to talk about i had a um in-depth conversation with one of our listeners, loyal uh, listeners, loyal fan, been a Carolina Panthers fan since birth, really y- younger guy. Um, he's he's almost as young as the franchise, so all he's known is Carolina Panthers football. Uh, he he kind of put it beautifully. You know, Sam Darnold is kind of uh, set up for success, obviously way more than he was in New York. But uh, with the it kind of goes with the theme. He said, you know, the defense is going to be improved. And Sam Darnold is going to be in a position for the first time in his career where he doesn't have to go out and win every game. There's going to be some games where they're just not hitting on it, and Sam Darnold is going to have to do a lot to to win games. There's going to be some games that that occurs. But he said that as long as Sam Darnold plays within himself, does the things that he needs to do, the Panthers can win games without him being the focal point of the team. Absolutely, but it's going to really come down to how much Matt Rule and and, and the play calling um, works out. I think, you know, with a full offseason under everybody's belt, it should work out fine and as long as everybody remains relatively healthy that this should be. And like you said, Sam Darnold's really set up for success. Um, and I think this is probably going to be the best situation that he's going to be in unless he can land with uh, a team. That, I don't know, like only if something – Hopefully never, but it happens to Pat Mahomes and he just goes and starts over there. Mm-hmm. I can't see him getting any better than this. He's got yeah. everything you want. The only thing, the only thing that I push back on is the offensive line. Um, if he doesn't have a chance to get the ball out of his hands, then it's not his fault. Uh, really, I, I know it's a sore spot, but uh, the offensive line was neglected for years as Cam, when Cam Newton was here and a lot of people bashed no matter who no matter who you are or how bad the team is the quarterback and the head coach always always gets the brunt end of the the uh retaliation from fans backlash however you want to put it but uh a lot of people don't know that in my opinion the the left tackle is the second most important player on the offensive side of the ball um if he can't like i said if he can't get the ball out it's it's not his fault. Um, if he sits there and holds the ball when he has a clean pocket, that's different. But if he can't even get, you know, all the way through his drop, um, we got problems. So 
we'll see. Hopefully they can at least find somebody uh, that they have somewhat confidence in at left tackle and can be a season starter for them. If really that's what we need, uh, somebody that is doesn't have to be a long-term solution, but at least get somebody in there that w- where we can have a full, uh, clean diagnosis of Sam Darnold, the quarterback. No questions asked. Hey, we got we got a guy that is at least competent left tackle that gives Sam Darnold a good chance to uh, put his best product on the field. That's that's the only uh, drawback I have from the evaluation of Sam Darnold thus far. We have to have somebody that we can get a fair and honest diagnosis of his play at quarterback. Absolutely. This has been a great episode of the Prow Report. I hope you guys continue to stay engaged with us even throughout the season as training cap is looming upon us. Please stay tuned for all the important dates and any news and notes that are coming out. And make sure that you guys check out our Hoops podcast, Oh Heel Yeah, because, man, uh, the last episode was great. And, you know, we're back on track with that. Um, So you'll be seeing a lot more content coming out for that as well. Make sure that you're engaging on all of our social media platforms because – Dave does an excellent job of curating content that the fans really do love. And I've always heard positive things and we appreciate the positive feedback. We will have a guest hopefully in our next episode that we're planning to bring on the Prowl Report. And guys, it's, it's, it's going to be an exciting time to see what the Panthers can do. Yeah. Also do not forget to send us the uh, best NFL name of all time. My, you heard my, my vote. Ha ha Clinton Dix. I don't know how his jersey has not sold out every time he's been on the team. I just I just love that name. Haha is your first name. I mean, it's almost like you're an emoji. But anyways, uh, thank you, everybody, for staying tuned. Thank you for uh, being on this roller coaster with us. Uh, we look forward to the product that our team is going to put out on the field. We look forward to interacting with you guys this year via training camp, via uh, games. I mean, it's going to be crazy that we're going to be max capacity and we're going to be able to uh, see each other. Uh, really for the first time, because the Proud Report kind of really took off during the pandemic. Uh, so we really appreciate you guys, you know, starving for content. And we're, we're going to bring it to you for sure. We're going to continue to do what we do. Uh, we're going to continue working with you guys. And all, as always, we're going to stay tuned and we're going to keep pounding. Absolutely.